2020 was a hell of a year. We're kicking 21 off right now. Welcome to the Happy Hour Hangout. extra extra read all about it vibe to it like you're standing <laughs> in the corner with a stack of newspapers and you're you know wearing all wool in the middle of june hey man trying, trying to sell some papers okay, we're trying to sling some <laughs> podcasts what, what can we say that's right extra extra listen all about it yeah. <laughs> um well happy happy 2021 everybody uh we're here again uh with another episode of the happy hour hangout podcast and uh Happy Happy New Year to you, Travis. I hope uh, hope everything went well over the holidays. It sure did. What about you, Steve? Uh, it was good. You know what? It's crazy. I took so much time off work. I had a lot of PTO saved up because of it was because of COVID, and there were times where I, I honestly feel like I, I had more work to do than if I was actually working. Um, so there were days where I was more tired than if I was working eight to five job that I have now, uh, which is kind of kind of weird and somewhat disappointing, but, uh, it'll be nice to kind of get back into the routine and get into the swing of things. Um, Absolutely. so yeah, <clears throat> the girls I am assuming had, had a pretty phenomenal holiday season. With, yeah, uh, they, the family. Uh, they really put together quite the string of, uh, of goodies there. We, uh, their birthdays on the 17th, um, followed eight days later, uh, by Christmas. Uh, and then New Year's, and because of you know, COVID, having to kind of you know pick and choose, you know, seeing people periodically, um, they ended up with like what felt like almost two and a half full weeks of opening gifts, and um, you know, kind of got to the point where it's like the new toys aren't really that freaking cool because we got literally a whole house full of them, <laughs> <laughs> and so they just kind of you know they don't even know where to begin. They get down there to start playing. It's like yeah, I start tinkering with one and then sister grabs one and yeah, before you know it man they're just toys are everywhere so chaotic time but good time man it's um you know i'm glad that uh, we were you know in a position and felt comfortable enough to uh, to still see family i know a lot of folks that you know either elderly parents Im- immune compromised whatever the situation is and they they had a very different you know holiday this year so thankful that we were we were able to you know as far as 2020 normal can go you know we we were pretty normal yeah, how, how did, did it just feel like you were doing nothing but just building gifts that they've opened for two weeks? I mean, I'm, I'm sure at their age, it's all all playhouses and things that require screwdrivers and yeah, things like know, that. Not, not an ungodly amount of that type of stuff. We had more. Um, I, I saw this meme the other day that was like, you know, we can put a man on the moon, but we still haven't figured out how to have non non-destructible plastic or some version of that like these toys are like super glued together i mean Mm -hmm. you've got to have like damn near a workshop of tools to pop these things open and uh it was more that you know like just trying to cut through plastic and literally pry things out of a you know casing you know whether it's a doll it's got you know and they zip tie them in there and so it's uh yeah that's that honestly is quite the challenge Uh, i'm a little bit surprised by that but uh yeah a lot of that a lot of that I always love how getting older, getting married, getting new furniture stuff, and then obviously having kids and getting the gifts that require all the the building. You finally understand why your dad, uh, and my dad included, I mean, I'm sure all guys think Mm -hmm. this way. You finally understand why your dad's had essentially its own workshop. 
uh, in, in the garage, in the basement, or whatever, is because right. of stuff like that. And then they they realized they needed to invest money in that stuff. It, it probably they probably don't even like having any of it, but they realized they needed it. So that's kind of kind of what happened with there. So yeah, it's it's yeah. it's a thought that that's come through my mind, which is really interesting. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we had we had a good one. It was a little bit out of the ordinary. We uh, we had to be very schedule oriented and exacting of when we were going to see certain family members. Um, you know, my, my wife, Sarah, got to see more family members than I did uh, just because she has more family around here, but they were, they had to kind of schedule it all around. Uh, but we got quite a bit of, <clears throat> quite a bit of family time in and, and, you know, my sister came home for, for quite a while and uh, very cool. You know, so shout out to so Yeah. Shout out to Tori guest of the podcast and uh, who's, uh, who's moving to Austin uh in march Hot dog. So, mm-hmm. that's the place to be out here next phase of her career yeah no uh no taxes there um, <laughs> state taxes let's not get crazy they still got the federal ones <laughs> they still are a part of the united states at least for now Steve. yeah that's right um <laughs> so she's she's pretty excited to collect 200 more dollars on her yeah so she's heading out there for the next two and a half three years so that's pretty exciting so it was fun to see her for a long time um but yeah let's uh let's jump in because we're uh, we're excited to kick off 2021 with our our new our first episode of the year we're going to kind of do a, a probably basically a 2020 review we like to do months in reviews and, and things like that and so it's kind of fitting that we're going to do the uh, 2020 review we'll kind of go over some of the top news stories within the year of 2020 some of the ones that we you know think about the most um you know what we're looking forward to uh in 2021 uh because i think we've got some big plans for this year uh especially of the the clunker that was last year uh which we can officially say is last year that's kind of fun right Uh, so yeah that's fun fun episode so we'll uh we'll just jump right in and do our quick taste test here uh I'm gonna let you go first because I, I saw what you wrote in our notes and I I've never heard of this before so I'm excited to uh, see what you got. Wow, man! Hey, I so haven't, haven't done here. that in a while, huh? <laughs> we'll uh, we'll do a little freeze fa- uh, frame for the uh, YouTube folks. A little uh, standard farmhouse ale. Uh, it's from our friends at Prairie Artisan Ales, and mm, it's delicious. Uh, it's a farmhouse, which I, I really do like farmhouses. Um, somebody that knows way more about beer can really tell you the difference between a farmhouse and an IPA. That guy is not going to be me. I'm not going to pretend to to know the difference between those. But every farmhouse I've ever had, and think if you've ever had like a Tank 7. Now, that's a stronger farmhouse, but that is a oh farmhouse. My God, so no. It's not I'll put you on your IPA. ass. Yeah, yeah. you got to be careful with that one. This one's a little bit lighter. The uh, standard... Uh, farmhouse ale is uh, 5.6 ABV. Um, very, very good beer. Um, but it's brewed out of a cool place, McAllister, Oklahoma. And I had to look this one up. And this is actually, um, it's east of Oklahoma City. Um, for our folks that are in this region and kind of uh, understand the Missouri-Oklahoma border, uh, it doesn't appear to be that far from Springfield. Uh, which uh, Alex Street recently on the podcast lives in that uh, in that area, and so um, you know, shout out to uh, to this uh, brewery, good quality beer, uh, and it's got a really fun can. You'll have to uh, find us on YouTube, which of course we'll uh, link that in 
the uh, in the show notes, and then of course all of our social medias too. But you can see from the can, uh, Steve, it's kind of got this little funny character thing going on with it, <laughs> like cartoon, kind of depicts a little bit of a story there. Uh, but all in all, man, a really good beer. And this one jumped out at us. Um, I was out at uh, the um, beer cellar down the street here. Uh, it's a craft beer cellar. It's got a bunch of different oh, yeah, that place beers and everything right there on on, um, on Chippewa. But anyways, I went in there and it, it was in their um, refrigerated section. So we just, I don't know, kind of jumped out and thought, you know, well, I should try this. Kind of got a funny can and saw the farmhouse uh, logo written on there. I thought, man, farmhouse with a cool can. This has got to be a win. Definitely, definitely a good one. So I'll, uh, I'll revisit this one in, in the future. Yeah, that's exciting. Craft Beer Cellar. I'm assuming you went to the one in South City, right? Oh, Chippewa? Yeah. yeah. Yep. They, have a, they have a couple locations. And, you know, so I we definitely would recommend people go and check it out, especially if you're into the craft brew game like, like you and I are. <clears throat> um, so, well, that's interesting because that's, uh, when it comes to farmhouse ales, that's, that ABV is somewhat on the lower side. Those, those yeah. are... Yeah, careful. Those will put you on your ass. Um, I, I looked up the definition. I uh, I got IT to look up the definition while you were talking. Excellent. Let's and hear it. So it says that uh, farmhouse ales are traditional summer beers in France and Belgium that were made in the winter, and they're they're drunk throughout crop planting, maintenance, and harvest. Uh, these beers were given to seasonal workers who tended the crops or the saisonniers, uh, saisonniers in French. So it was made with top shelf ingredients. Ingredients people sought out. So kind of an interesting right. process there. So, uh, but yeah, I like that. I will definitely try that. I've, I, uh, I saw a post that you put with that on there uh, on the social <laughs> media page. And I thought yeah. that was really interesting. So I liked that a lot. Yeah, um, I had that one. Uh, I had a, bought a four pack and I, I drank three on, uh, on new year's and I thought, you know what, I'm going to save the last one for the first episode of 21. So yeah, I've already, already shared that on the page. Again, if you don't follow us on, you know, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, Make sure to do that. You'll see the uh, the the login or you know, tag name or whatever you call it on the on the screen too. So, but yeah, no, kudos, good beer, man. Kudos to talking about Tank Seven too, because that's uh, that's from our neighbors in Kansas City Boulevard, and I've had some wicked hangovers drinking those. So those, yeah, you got to be careful with those. Those are like those are like nine nine percenters. Uh, so just just a word of caution because they go down pretty good. Um, so I, I've slacked a little bit on trying new beer on this podcast. And so I, I realized that I hadn't done this one before, but I've done this company before. So I just went old fashioned Sam Adams, uh, Boston lager. Uh, I was looking for, I was looking for something a little, a little darker, a little heavier. Uh, cause I, I, uh, I started this kind of new workout regiment for the new year, um, that required, running outside and if you were outside today it was absolutely mind-numbing how cold it was i mean 29 32 degrees and so i needed something to warm up i, I still feel like i'm actually cold and i ran for six hours ago so uh, i need something a little bit heavy and a little bit uh, kind of an amber lager uh type and so i went with them uh five percent alcohol and I don't know if you've seen those uh, those new Sam Adams commercials with the douchebag that uh, brings Sam Adams beer to all these different functions, weddings and family <laughs> barbecues and stuff. Uh, and it's pretty great. Um, I definitely recommend looking those up on YouTube. So I always think about about those commercials, and I saw it at the store and just thought, oh, that's perfect. We'll do that for the for the new year. So uh, awesome. Cheers, partner. Hey, cheers to you too, buddy. Mm. 
good stuff. Um, awesome. So let's go. Let's jump into our next segment here, blowing off some steam. So as always, uh, blowing off steam is just a way for us to kind of vent about some things that's on our mind, um, and just kind of kind of what you would typically do at a, at a happy hour. So, Travis, I will let you take the reins on this one because I feel like you are really passionate about what you're going to talk about. <clears throat> I, uh, I am, man. So um, I, I have to start with um, my guy, Dabo Sweeney. Uh, I, I, I actually kind of like the guy, uh, or at least I did. Um, I think you're one of the only people that, that, yeah. that liked him up until this, this point, because there are a lot yeah. of people that, that jumped off his bandwagon. Yeah, and you know what? And I guess it was one of those things where I kind of got blinded by it, right? Like being an SEC guy, um, obviously – Love Mizzou, wish Mizzou was as awesome as some of these programs. But even with that said, it was fun watching Alabama win, uh, just from a conference, you know, hoorah perspective. But then, honestly, I, it got kind of stale. Uh, and I could see that, you know, the rest of the country was starting to feel that way. And then you had Clemson come in, um, you know, not out of nowhere, but they've, they haven't been a traditional what you would consider, you know, blue blood of college football. And, and so then they start challenging Alabama. And I thought, well, you know, this is great for college football. And as, a, as a general rule, I would love if the season started and there were 20-plus teams that had a real shot at winning the title. As any college football fan knows, there's really only four. And it tends to be the four I – mean, maybe six. If that. But, yeah, but generally speaking, there's a very small number. And Dabo Sweeney happened to be the coach of one of these teams. Well, in a year full of COVID, uh, Dabo Sweeney made some comments recently – that um, really kind of shined a light, I guess, on something of his character that I hadn't really, hadn't really noticed or I hadn't picked up on. Uh, and the comment that really has got me just absolutely stirred uh, was his comments about um, Ohio State and how because they only played six games um, that they should be ranked number 11 in the country uh, and therefore out of the college football playoff. And you might be thinking, well, hell, that's not really that bad of a thing to say. Well, then they play Ohio State. And Ohio State, I don't know if you watched the game, Steve, but they absolutely shellacked Clemson. And and, and for our younger uh, listeners, please cover your ears. They got Clemson got their ass kicked. It was awful. Uh, Justin Fields takes a brutal shot early in the game, and I thought, well, maybe if he goes down, this maybe kind of could come back. He plays through adversity. They looked awesome. And I am the furthest thing from an Ohio State fan, uh, as those who have listened to the pod know, I just – not can't really care for much for the Big Ten either, but you had to tip your hat to Ohio State. They played incredibly well. Uh, Ryan Day had those guys ready to roll, and they really played a complete game. Then the, the extra level thing, Steve, and this is where the cherry on top, and I'll wrap this up, is after the game, there's reporting now that he's been – he was asked about – you know, Dabo was asked after the game, um, you know, to explain, you know, does he take back what he said, basically. And he says, no, I don't regret any of it. Well, dude – you should really start stop yapping because you're trying to write checks that your team can't cash. And you have one great player and you've got some good quality players around. Obviously they're Clemson. They're a great program, but Ohio state showed up pissed off, ready to play. And they stomped them. Unfortunately, neither of the college football playoff games were competitive. And I don't think anybody really saw them either of them being competitive, but honestly, I thought it would have went the other way. I thought Clemson would roll Ohio state and they flat out didn't. So 
I don't know, this kind of shine. And then, of course, then you're starting to see all this stuff about how Dabo Sweeney has always been kind of a sore winner. Uh, and I never really picked up on that originally. But, man, this really kind of shines a light on it. And, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence is gone. And without a top-tier quarterback, the program isn't really all that, you know. Uh, and so, I don't know. I just – I'm kind of fired up about this. And, and I just – I hate when people talk the talk and then they get their ass beat and they don't put their tail between their legs and at least admit, hey, man, maybe I was a little bit wrong. Like, you guys got beat by the 11th-ranked team. That's what you're suggesting. I mean, get the hell out of here, dude. They're, they're the top – they're a top-two team. And they proved it in how they crushed you. So anyways, man, that one got me, got me rolling. I will, I will give him credit for basically saying that he lost to a, an 11th ranked team. Um, <laughs> and you know, like maybe that's a subtle way of saying that he, they sucked, but uh, I, I don't, it, it seems like somebody like him I, and, you know, I would believe the sore winner comments. I mean, it's, it seems like the more that he's won, the more outspoken that he's become. And, you know, because like when he was really putting putting this team together and seeing success, and even with you know before like Deshaun Watson or right kind of during the Deshaun Watson years, he really didn't he didn't come off as this way. No, he's really coming off more and more every single year, and I think he's he's gotten to the point because he's taken a, a program like Clemson that's really never seen anything like this and taken them to the likes of Alabama. Because if you ask me. Uh, there's not four teams that could win. It's it's three. It's always three, and everybody else. Um, you know, because last year might have been an exception because LSU was was the way that it was and doing so well. But you also saw what happened to them this year, losing all those I mean, seniors. Mizzou beat them. <laughs> exactly, and you know Notre Dame. I I I, I do believe that they were the fourth ranked team, but I, I still didn't think that that would have mattered. They weren't going to stand a chance. And I'll be honest with you that that differential was way closer than I anticipated. And that was still a shellacking. Um, they scored, they scored seven points, seven of their 14 points in garbage time. So, I mean, it's, it's just, it's always been three teams, Alabama, Clemson and Ohio state. And, you know, so, but I, I, I have a prediction here and we'll go into my thing. I think, I think Clemson's going to have a tough year next year. I think uh, losing Trevor Lawrence, who everybody believes is the next coming of Jesus. He's halfway there with the hair. Um, that you know he's got the skill set that's comparable to Andrew Luck, and nobody hyped up anybody more than Andrew Luck. And before Andrew Luck, that was you know Peyton Manning. So I think losing something like and, and you know and kind of going back to the Peyton Manning thing, I mean Tennessee really hasn't recovered from that. They've never really been that close to being a championship team. Um, you know they've had you know top ten rankings, but that's about about it. And I think I think Clemson is going to get hit pretty hard next year. Um, because I think there are going to be some ACC programs that are going to take some next steps. Uh, and you know what? I'm not even convinced that he's going to stay in Clemson that long. I, I think for someone that's like him, especially some people that report him as a sore winner, he uh, I, I, I think it's a matter of time before he's coaching the NFL, to be honest with you. Uh, I wouldn't even be surprised if he jumped ship and joined the Jacksonville Jaguars to get uh, when they draft <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. Like, I think that's actually a real possibility. So, yeah, Dabo is one of those guys where I've just decided to tune him out and just appreciate the team that he has and uh but yeah they sucked both those games sucked by the way they did and i if you're uh you know a college football fan that was itching for some you know crack uh hopefully you tuned into some of the other uh bowl games because there were a couple of actually halfway decent ones but they were the off the beaten path games the bowl games this weekend have been great with the exception of the playoff games <clears throat> which is which is just something and hopefully alabama ohio state gives us something uh, to see i think you know tr- um not Trevor Lawrence, but Justin Fields, I think, is an excellent 
you know, pro prospect. He played with a lot of heart. And I think that they've got, they proved they've got a good team and they proved that they're going to be able to score. So kind of a look ahead to January 11th. Hopefully it's a close game. Uh, I'd like the season to end on that note, but you really had to get off the beaten path to find some good games. And I think the, you know, quote, average football fan, I don't, I'm not so sure they did that. So uh, hopefully the, I know there's a lot of, I don't know, keep going with this segment or not, but I know there's a lot of people out there that are kind of starting to, you know, really not like college football because of that difference in dynamic, right? And the pros, there's a ton of different teams that can make moves. And there seems to be a number of teams that are in the running, at least to have a good playoff run. In college football, it really doesn't feel that way. And frankly, it doesn't feel like that's ever going to change with at least in the short term. Bama is just stacked there. They appear to always be stacked. Um, you know, keep in mind this Devontae Smith guy, Devonta Smith, he was the fifth wide receiver on their depth chart a year ago. And now he's got a chance to win the damn Heisman. <laughs> so that goes to show you how great that program is. And then, you know, anybody like their seventh or eighth guy in their wide receiver room would be the number one receiver at any other school. So yeah. anyways, I, I'll get off my college football high horse because I'm really I see in the show notes here uh, a little teaser on a Josh Hawley comment. And I can only imagine where you're taking this. So the floor is all yours. Big guy. So I don't. I don't have a rant, but I have a theory. But I want to talk about this because it hits us. It hits close to home because we're from Missouri. Yeah, Holly, yeah. Um, so for those that don't know who Josh Hawley is, he is the Republican senator of Missouri. Uh, this is his second year of his first term, I believe. And, and so for those that don't watch the news, he said before New Year's that he was planning to object uh, when Congress counts the electoral votes next week, which is going to be Tuesday. Uh, the sixth <clears throat> and doing so it forces lawmakers in both the house and the Senate to have to vote on whether to accept the results of president elect Joe Biden's victory. Now, since that article came out now, I'm reading this from CNN. Uh, the likes of, you know, people like Ted Cruz and the other ones that, you know, quite honestly, I don't really care about <clears throat> have come out and said, they're going to do the exact same thing and really push everybody else to, to do the same thing. So Outside of the fact that it has been reported, and this is probably a given, that this isn't going to change anything. This just delays the what is what is basically the inevitable in that electoral college will count all those votes. President Biden will be elected president officially, and he will give his State of the Union, um, you know, you know, in D.C. January twentieth. Um, <laughs> my thoughts on this are really simple. It's their constitutional right to do it. So whether you think it's right or wrong, it is what it is. Now, I have a theory of why this is happening. But first, I want your opinion on on this because there's been a lot of there's been a lot of stuff that's come out. Josh Hawley has gotten absolutely ripped to shreds on the liberal media saying he's one of the most corrupt senators ever. And I to, to which I would say, relax. It's, he's in his second year. I think there's a reason he's doing this. But uh, what a uh, what, what, are, what are your thoughts on all this? And I'll tell you my theory. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I, uh, I don't really have any – of course, I have my thoughts. I, I don't know. You know, with the, with the election – Are you 100% right? like – are you like 100% against this or are you like if they have the right to do it, they can do it? Because that's, that's kind of the camp that I'm yeah. in. Whether I think yeah. it's right or wrong, it's basically pandering at this point. But yeah. To, they can do it. Yeah, if they're, if, if they're in their right and as far as I – you understood they could do it is it a good look is it you know good for good for the country at this point you know we've had the you know the election fraud kind of comments have been thrown around 
have no actual like proof of any substance that anything was actually done that would legitimately switch the outcome. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm in the camp of, hey, let's let's kind of come together a little bit here. Hey, this is tightly contested. Um, you know, Trump's camp, he lost. Biden's camp, he won. Let's have an exchange of power and keep the ship moving, right? So on that side, I will tell you from Holly's perspective, I, I don't know what your theory is. We didn't talk about this early, but I, I know that he's he's thought of highly from the Trump conservative folks um, and probably for a move similar to this. And so my guess is, is that he's positioning for future positions. Um, I don't know if it's a presidential run. I don't know if it's what it would be, uh, but I know that your you know hard bone Trump supporters generally have a very positive view of Hawley uh, and a number of other senators that have kind of backed Trump this whole time. So that would be my only you know quote prediction on why he's doing it. But I, I, I don't necessarily like it, but they can do it. So do it. Who cares? So here's my theory. I personally believe that Donald Trump personally believes that he that this a massive fraud that he has claimed is that is hap, is was going to happen and has happened has happened to him and that he got basically fraudulently elected out of power. I also believe that he is the only person at Capitol Hill and in the White House that believes that. I don't think any of these Republican or any of these House of Representatives or any of these senators actually believe, at least at this point, after everything that's happened since election day, November, the beginning of November, to now believe, okay, yeah, there was some pride. There was, there's overwhelming evidence. I think they've all said, you know what? You know, we played along, but, you know, it's clear that he, he lost. I think this is all a power move. And, I, and, and, and I, the thought is, is what you just said. I think Josh Hawley is ready to make a push in 2024. And I think he is using this as that step to gain the influential kind of backup, you know, from especially the more senior leaders on the Republican Party. Because, I mean, look, you know, he's 41 years old. He's two two years into being a senator, I believe. It might be maybe more than two years, but, yeah. um, you know, he's newly elected first term. And I, and, I, and, and, I, and I think people like Ted Cruz and all the other Republicans that have come out publicly to say that they're going to object to this. Now, they, you know, there have been reports that say 140 Republican congressmen are going to object to this thing as well. Um, but these are the ones that are kind of public. And I think it's a play to just sh effectively shit all over the 2020 election and focus on 2024 because they need to make some sort of power grab. Um, and I think that by their mindset is that by backing someone who they, in my opinion, don't believe that he actually won the election. They believe he actually lost the election, in my opinion. But if they get someone like him who's got a following like he does, Donald Trump, who was <laughs> voted the most polarizing person in 2020, that it's going to give them either you know, more power or more influence or more you know votes and things like that. Um, and and I, I think in doing so, that's why they're kind of latching on to this idea that, yeah, there was fraud. And yeah, they're, we're going to do everything we can to overturn the election. Um, so that that's my theory. <laughs> I I don't think you're wrong. Um, I hope for the conservative. You know what? That it's not a Holly guy that they're kind of touting and tapping on the shoulder for another run because this thing's just going to get more and more divided. Um, I don't know. That's for probably another podcast. But um, yeah, yeah. 
There is, yeah, and and there is a divide because there's a lot of senior members, especially in the Republican Party, that are basically saying, "You guys need to stop doing this." Like, let's. Yeah. Lifetime's over. It, like, let's. You're making, you're making us. Let's get this shit figured out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. Uh, so I got a text message from IT. Uh, it's four years in for Josh Holly. So I was. Seems like Very yesterday nice. that little little Joshy <laughs> was elected over McCaskill. So. Um, so yeah, that's my that's my blowing off steam. I just I I, I watched that and I just was so just fascinated by it and you know we're we're recording this throughout the same day that the uh <clears throat> washington post leaked that audio um of a phone call with trump and uh georgia um i can't remember who it was secretary of state or something like that about asking for twelve thousand more votes that we just don't have time to go into today so maybe we'll talk about it later but uh let's uh let's jump into just a kind of an overall review of 2020 and you know we'll just kind of really kind of go through and, and, and just kind of go over some of the big storylines that happened this year, kind of month in and month out. And some of which that I was kind of reading through that I was surprised happened when it did uh, surprise happened at all. Um, and, you know, kind of from there, we'll, uh, we'll just kind of go over what our, our personal memories were of, of 2020. And, and then we'll just, go into a more positive outlook of what we're looking forward to and what we got going on for 2021. Love it. Do you want to start? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, the biggest one, you know, for me that, that comes, and this was back in January, um, which just, man, when this popped up on the, I, I pulled up an article here trying to get kind of a uh, jog my memory type thing. Um, January 26, Kobe Bryant died uh, in the, the helicopter crash with his, uh, with his daughter. And, um, that one was, that was a moment, man. And I, and I know our next segment's kind of our biggest moment here. So I'm going to kind of blend these two uh, a little bit together, but you know, I, I was actually telling Chelsea not that long ago that I, I feel like that was the first celebrity that really hit me. You know, I, I know there's been, you know, musicians and, and, and people of that, that nature that I, I think a lot of people do feel like a, a strong connection to, but for whatever reason, uh, probably more from a basketball perspective, just, NBA being, you know, what it is to, to me and, and, and everything else. And, and, and certainly Kobe being one of the premier players as we were growing up, um, that, that really hit me. Um, that's one of the first times I can remember like a celebrity type figure where I was like kind of bummed out about it. You know, I think he was 41 years old, died with his daughter in a helicopter. I mean, just excruciating what he had to go to and the people that love him and the family and, and certainly was an iconic figure in, in LA, but more or less basketball in general too. So that one was, I don't know. Every time I think about, man, 2020 was a crazy year. I, Kobe Bryant's death doesn't even register on 2020. That's how long 2020 felt, <laughs> you know, for, for me, it, it already feels like, and we said this before we hit the record button that man, it feels like that was four or five years ago. Um, and to think that we're, we're just about to hit you one year, um, anniversary is just, I don't know, man, it's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the wildest part is it's coming up on a year, which is, it's crazy. Uh, you know what I thought was crazy and I didn't even realize this because this was going on going into 2020, uh, February was actually the impeachment hearing, uh, of, of president Trump. That feels like 10 years ago at yeah. this point. Um, so we had that, which was great because, uh, they COVID was getting ready to really hit us hard as we were all uh, talking about if president Trump should go to jail or not. Uh, you want to know something that I, and this is God, sidebar, but you know what I find so funny 
You know how many headlines there were that Trump was quote unquote acquitted? That's the wrong term. Like, do you know what acquitted means? Not, not a lawyer here. Uh, I'm going to let you, uh, you you talk the legal terms here. It's basically at the end of a criminal trial, basically being found by a judge or jury that a defendant is not guilty. Um, so, which is what happened. That wasn't it. Like, he wasn't even there. Um, it was a vote of his peers. Like, it's, I just, it's funny that all that stuff of him basically saying that he was acquitted and him kind of piggybacking off that kind of just fueled the fire i think of everybody else but it wasn't a criminal trial it was basically a hearing of if we should vote somebody out of office for abusing his power um so yeah I, that's always bothered me but let's move on um so obviously you know covid went rampant in, in march you know we all started working from home essentially middle of march and we've been here ever since um you know, a- April was one that I, I kind of forgot about. They had a lot of those armed demonstrators in Michigan um, to protest stay-at-home orders. So oh, yeah. things things really started getting ugly uh, in April, um, May, obviously with everything with with George Floyd. Which you know, I was sitting back and thinking to myself, I was almost so I, I knew deep down that it was kind of in going into the summertime, but I, I couldn't remember that it was. May it almost kind of feels like it was July or even August because it just feels so recent um June they had that uh, whole issue where he uh, Trump apparently broke up a, a peaceful protest to take a picture with a bible outside of the church um so that was that one was pretty funny um July baseball came back which was nice uh, most sports actually came back in July, so there was some normalcy there. I'm glad. I'm glad a baseball highlight made your uh, your top news story. <laughs> I would have skimmed right over that one. Sorry for the listeners. My guy's got a little bit of an itch for the baseball. Hey, if Bill Simmons can talk about Boston sports, I can talk about baseball. So, <laughs> um, fair enough. Do you remember all the hurricanes? That feels like that happened no. in the that fall. But register. register. You that was all twenty guesses. I wouldn't have come up with a. Uh, I wouldn't have come up with a, uh, a hurricane headline. I don't remember that at all. The amount of floods that hit the Louisiana Gulf is uh, yeah. is crazy. Um, you know, one that you skipped over, uh, and this is maybe not huge for, for everybody, but a fun fact, uh, my wife will appreciate me mention this, is uh, I'm a big space guy. I, uh, I love going to like... Um, NASA centers. I love going like seeing like launches, uh, rockets launch. SpaceX had their launch May 30th, um, nice. which was uh, which is really cool. That's a, a private spaceship. Um, I believe they're going to be able to reuse that rocket too, which is something that's in- incredibly innovating. And obviously, Elon Musk is into all sorts of uh, crazy space uh, <laughs> sci-fi type stuff. But uh, that one was uh, that one was in uh, in, in late May, um, in May 30th. So. That one's pretty cool. I, they I had to delay that launch too, too, because did, there yeah, was a COVID issue. issue. Yeah. Oh, well, I think yeah, they had a COVID yeah, issue COVID too. too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, September, um, Justice Ginsburg passed, which still feels like it was yesterday oh, because of how how the sh- the firestorm of the debate on yeah. <laughs> getting appointing a new one came into play. Um, do you remember when Trump got uh, got COVID? That was in October. <laughs> I, I do remember that, um, and uh, that that whole scenario was was very interesting to me. Uh, that that that'll be a uh, maybe a deep dive uh, off uh, podcast episode, maybe where we 
maybe we don't do our normal thing, but we like do like a deep dive on a, on a topic. Cause I, I found that one really interesting. I know that, you know, we're kind of rattling through some stuff here, but you know, I felt like that, that whole thing was so bizarre, man. You had people legitimately hoping for the president to die at COVID's hands um, mm-hmm. because of his, his, his stance and position on, on mask wearing. And um, I just, I don't know. That was wild. And that was blue check mark people on Twitter type things, not just, you know, Joe yeah. Smo in his basement popping off. So well, we could talk about that one at another time, but I just, that was a wild insight into where we are as, as Americans. And of course, November, December, everything that had to do with, with, with the election to, you know, increase in, in COVID cases to quite honestly, I quite honestly, a lot of uh, hypocrisy that came from, you know, certain government officials in the state side of things. Um, you know, I think, God, what was that woman's name that was part of the COVID-19 task force? She was the blonde woman, Burke, I think might have been her last name. I can't remember. But, you know, she was saying that everyone needs to stay away from their families over the you know holidays. And she got caught in some like uh, of her like second homes in Minnesota or something with nine of her family members. And she used that as an excuse. Or she used the excuse that her uh, other home was being winterized, and that's why they had to all be there. Um, she has since said that she's retiring. But uh, yeah, so we don't know what happened in November, December. But I, the, the moral of the story is that it's insane. You know, we always talk about at the end of each year how insane it is of some of the stuff that happened that we completely forget about. Like, oh, didn't that happen in 2018, not 2019? Well, in fact, it actually happened in, you know, and especially some of the stuff in the beginning of, you know, Kobe's know. death and, 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 you know, the impeachment. Cause I, I mean, I, I watched a lot on the impeachment, especially going into January. And I just forgot about that. That was actually still going on come February when we were all waiting for this COVID stuff to start hitting us. And what a time. Uh, another notable news report. I don't know if you saw the reports on it, but we started our podcast in April. Oh, 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 oh. Get that aware. Nice, nice touch. That should have made national news. That's right um so yeah what a year it's been so i guess going into my version of memories of, of this year was oh you know really almost just a self uh, re- reflection of, of understanding a world where you know you're basically everything that you do revolves around your home um you know and i i feel like i lucked out the fact that you know we have you know we have a good house you know i've got room to do what i want to do and I took up yoga for, for, for a while. Cause you know, so having space like that has always been nice, you know, having places to work having places to do this, you know, but also feeling that, that, that stress of, you know, basically being in your house day in and day out and, you know, basically just losing all sorts of opportunities to do things uh, definitely makes you appreciate who you got, what you get, what, what you have and, and the things that you've been able to do and just makes you look forward to, you know, what's going to be coming in the, in the future, assuming everything starts to work itself out here in 2021 and, and things start opening up and slowing down and, and we get to a bit of, of more normalcy. Uh, I also realized that I'm not very good at, uh, at working from home. I, I, I realized that I get distracted way too easily and I am more productive on the road. Maybe that's why I'm a career in sales. I, I think I realized why I'm doing what I'm doing in my career. Um, you know, so I, I, you know, getting just antsy and stuff is, it was, was, was something to, to deal with. Um, but, you know, it's definitely, uh, you know, just makes you realize you just don't take stuff for granted, you know, looking at people that were in those apartments in, in New York city that 
to this day probably haven't still haven't left yet uh, because of everything that's been going on. Um, you know, so it's always nice to, to, to know what you got and, and, and what you have, but uh, I'm definitely looking forward to a uh, more normal, normal 2021 stuff where, where I'm not sitting in my house in, in sweatpants every single day. Uh, I actually kind of miss wearing the dress clothes <laughs> to go to work and things like that. So, <laughs> oh man, not not I. Um, in fact, right now I got gym shorts on and a polo up top. You wouldn't even know it. And uh, I uh, I am I have enjoyed the merger of the two, um, the the time benefit add of working, you know, predominantly from home and, and using the internet and kind of the technology has been a been a blessing for us, man. I, I I hit on Kobe. That was you know by far you know the first first thing. And then you know second thing is. Um, just, I, I think 2020 will be, a, uh, for us and, and my family will just be a year that we can look back on. That's just like, you know, a couple thoughts of just you know, thankful that we have young children that are, um, incredibly healthy and, you know, the, 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 the risk or the scare of, of COVID, although it was there, no doubt, um, was never something that was, um, that, that, that I thought was going to be something that was going to hurt. Hurt, hurt the kids and, and we didn't have the school age stuff. I know there's so many parents out there. In fact, if you are hats off to you, um, you know, I trying to balance, you know, a kindergarten, I mean, my niece is in kindergarten right now and listening to them try to balance online learning through zoom at five years old. And that's, that's crazy. Um, and, and just the impact on, you know, course economic impact, but life impact. I mean, I think we're up over 340,000 people have died um, and that, that's just, I don't know, it's, it, it's a year of, of change. And although I know, we, you know, you, you had a lot of positive things to say about 21 and, and getting back to work, we may have a little bit different of an outlook, man. I, I'm not so, I'm not so convinced that come July, um, June or July that we are going to be, you know, quote unquote, back to normal. Um, I, I think 2021 is going to be a lot of the same. And, um, anyways, uh, do you, uh, so do you, do you think that, cause I, I, I anticipate things are going to start opening up in June's kind of the benchmark, uh, for at least in my mind. Uh, so do you think that we will probably be still dealing with some of the, you know, lot, maybe not as severe of lockdowns as what we're having right now, but it's a, a degree of, of shutdowns or lockdowns as we continue to navigate through you know this virus you know obviously people have heard about the new strain that's kind of come up and the slow rollout of the vaccine you know so far uh so that's kind of your thought yeah i mean i and, you know and for fear of sounding like some kind of fear monger type guy i just you know 330,000 people dying is a, is a is a big number but at what point would it not be quote unquote that big of a deal to ensure everything's back open and quote unquote back to normal, right? And so when I think about those things, I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that, you know, I hope that we get to the point of, hey, we've got enough folks vaccinated. We have had enough people that have been exposed to it. Um, you know, okay, we've, we've got to have some kind of normalcy. But from a government, I think that this year we'll look back on and, and not to some government conspiracy type thing, but I think you saw a lot of government um, frankly, overreach, in my opinion. Um, and, and I don't know at what point does that overreach go backwards. Um, I, uh, our government is really famous for going forward with um, 
continuing those things. And so if 330,000 is too many people, is 50,000 an, an okay number? Is 10,000 okay number? And at what point does it become quote okay for us to um, go back completely back to normal? Uh, I also have questions on the vaccine. I, I have questions, you know, not on its efficacy and effectiveness in the current strand, but if we have a new strand, that's a different disease. So does this, you know, does the vaccine affect that new strand as, as well? And you have all these other questions kind of going on. And that's why I think that it's going to be a big wait and see year. Um, you know, from a company perspective, I know restaurants have been decimated and I, I wish it was different, you know, for restaurants, but like our business, it's not worth it to them to open up and have you just come back into work. They just proved for 2020 that they can deliver on, you know, a business revenue type mindset by having you at home. And so I think there's going to be a lot of shift, long-term shift to that. And again, I could be wrong. I'm just, you know, like I'm a 31 year old guy, soon to be 32. I mean, I don't have all the answers by any means, but I don't know. Just kind of my, my thoughts is I, I don't see it bouncing back like that. I don't think next fall I'm sitting in Columbia at Faro Stadium watching a football game with 70,000 other people. I'll tell you that. I don't see that happening. A lot of conversations are going to have to be made uh, as, as we go through this. Um, the vaccine rollout needs to be a lot better. The, yeah, I mean, we just need to figure out, you know, when, what is going to be acceptable of, okay, just because all these people have gotten vaccinated that this area can open now for good. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that's a conversation that's going to have to be had because they created these mandates right or wrong, or, you know, whether you believe they're right or wrong, they were made. Um, and so they need to kind of circle back you know, on this, you know, for that sake, but it'll be interesting. I, I still believe that we'll at least be back to 85% normalcy by July or August. Um, but I hope you're right, yeah. man. Who knows? I really do. Who knows? <laughs> well, uh, we'll see what happens when the Christmas COVID waves start hitting in the next week and, and two weeks. Um, but so what, uh, what are, what are you going to be looking forward to in 2021? Dude, I'm uh, a couple things. One, um, super uh, proud. I, I posted on my own personal um, social media today. My wife is going back to, uh, to, um, get her graduate degree in nursing to be a nurse practitioner. Uh, so from a family perspective, that's an awesome you know, achievement for her. Hats off to you. Um, you know, and, and so I'm pumped about that. I'm excited about um, just a new year, man. I, I, I'm excited for career progression. I'm excited for what we're doing at the podcast. I feel like we've got um, really positive momentum. The feedback we've gotten from folks has just been largely um, you know, positive. I feel really, really good about what we're doing. Um, you know, are we going to reach a million people this year? Probably not, but I feel like what we're doing, I'm enjoying it. I, I know you are. And um, so from a podcast perspective, just, you know, continue to pump out, you know, quality content and, and try to stay as consistent as we can in, in an ever-changing world. And, um, you know, I, I just, overall, man, I, I feel really good about where I'm at, where my family's at, certainly where the podcast is at. So um, I think, uh, I think 21 is going to be a, going to be a great year, man. What about you? I think there is, there's a lot to look forward to in 2021, even if, you know, you know, with the fact that half of us are still going to be stuck at home. Um, yeah. I, I mean, the podcast for sure. I, you know, I've, I've mentioned it before. We, we've, we've still got a lot of growing to do. We, we've, we've definitely had a lot of growth from when we created the idea to do this to where, where we're at now and how we're, you know, executing these episodes. Um, you know, and so it's just going to continue to evolve and grow and, and change. 
Um, you know, so for that, I, I would just tell everybody that, you know, that we, we really want to grow this and we really want your help to do that because we are going to need your help to do that. And so, you know, anytime we post anything, all the people that like our page, you know, share the episode, you know, listen to it, share it, comment, tell us we suck, tell us we're great. You know, you know, we want some contributions, uh, you know, from people and that's kind of, cause that's, what's going to continue to create good stories. Um, cause that's, that is our, that is our number one goal is to have good stories to talk about on here. Um, you know, personally it's, you know, wife and I are working on a lot of different things this year, a lot of stuff that quite honestly, I've never done before. Um, you know, nothing I can really go into, uh, at this moment cause we're still working some things out, but, uh, you know, obviously we'll continue to update the, the pod verse as, uh, you know, as it kind of goes along, but, um, this is definitely going to be a, uh, a groundbreaking year, whether it's for good or for bad, we'll find out, but, uh, it's definitely going to be some unique, unique things ahead. That is, that is for sure. Um, but yeah, no, that's it. I mean, 2021, I mean, you know, uh, we can go really personal and just say, I got about 15 more pounds I'm trying to lose. And I don't think anybody wants to hear about that. <laughs> Especially on a podcast we'll, where we'll we're, we're drinking. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, so, yeah, but no, I think that's a great kind of ending point on this is, is yeah. you know, 2020 was a shitty year, but it created a lot of possibilities and, and, oppor- and opportunities. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of created a lot of unique challenges to work through in 2021 that, uh, you know, we hope every, you know, the listeners kind of come on this journey with us. Um, and, you know, just a lot of stuff to kind of wait and see what happens because, you know, we're definitely not out of the woods yet when it comes to this stuff, especially everything that happened in 2020. And, you know, I think that kind of would be a, a perfect shout out is to uh, shout out 2020 and being the wildest year I think we'll ever have in our entire lives. Um, Hopefully. Hopefully it's the wildest. <laughs> Steve, if we're 30 next year, we're uh, wrapping up 2021 saying, man, that it couldn't get crazier than that. We are in trouble, my friend. <laughs> yeah. But boy, I don't mind eating my words, but that would be shitty. Um, so. <laughs> So yeah, shout out to 2020. We're uh, shout out to looking forward to 2021. Uh, we hope everybody who, you know, navigated through 2020 as best as they could, you know, sees the positive side of what 2021 could potentially bring to everybody. And keep your heads up, keep listening to this podcast, and uh, yeah, just uh, let's keep let's move forward. I love it, man. No, I think that's a perfect bow on the uh, on the episode. We thank you guys to, for listening and and. Um being along this journey with us man we didn't know what to expect back in april it was kind of fun to see the uh, first few downloads and we're like man I, there's a couple people listen to this and now you know there's there's quite a bit more listening and it's just it's really cool to see you know and then hearing from people like people that we haven't talked to in in, in years coming on the podcast and telling their stories about what they've been up to and um and it's just it's a really it's a really contagious environment man and i've enjoyed being a part of it, uh, certainly along for the ride and, you know, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for listening. I mean, you've got, there's literally thousands and thousands of podcasts you could be listening to. And the fact that we have your ears for, you know, an hour a week, it, it, it means a lot to us. So thank you. Yeah. So we're, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up with that. Uh, so thank you again to everybody looking forward to a wonderful year. Um, you know, one final cheers to you partner. Cheers to everybody that listens to us. Uh, special shout out to all the UK listeners. Um, we've actually got a good chunk of people from the UK to listen to us. So uh, 
Love it. Awesome. Cheers to you guys. Cheers to everybody else listening in the States. Uh, happy hour hangout signing off. Mm-hmm.